What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode seven of the Be Real podcast with your host, Jose Rodriguez. I'm here with a very special guest, Samantha Meter. Um, I know her because of my girlfriend, Gabby. You know, she's a longtime cousin, friend, like friend. You guys are basically friends. Yeah, yeah. Know? Gabby and I have grown up. We were really close when we were little, so that bond has stayed. Yeah, of course. No, it's always good to have cousins that you're actually friends with. You know, you're not just family. Exactly. You guys would spend a lot of time together, so that's really cool. Yeah, when we were little, they used to think we were sisters. Like, yeah. they'd be like, are you guys twins? Like, we'd go everywhere because we're about the same height. We used to be about the same height. Now, I think I growth spurted past Gabby. But <laughs> but yeah, people would be like, oh, are you guys twins? So yeah, we're pretty close. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, so she is also a full-time UF student. Yes. Are you there on a full scholarship? Um, so I'm doing the Bright Futures covers like 100% tuition because of like GPA and SAT scores. So that covers a lot of everything. And then I also have prepaid, which is helping with that. But Bright Futures has been. Wow. So they're covering 100% of the tuition? I believe so. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> I wish I knew like all the, the facts and statistics, but I'm yeah. pretty sure like with Bright Futures, once you get a certain GPA and maintain it at UF, and then you also have a certain SAT score, they do cover, um, tuition or a great portion of tuition that's awesome that's awesome and you went to mass academy uh i went to miami art studio okay, so it's moss. moss so a lot of people think it's mast oh, like yeah, the one um yeah. is that in key biscayne i think i think so like m-a-s-t yeah yeah, yeah but the not. one on the water no this one this is the art school mm. um i don't know if you've seen victorious yeah it's I think like so. The arts, that, <laughs> like that was my high school. It was like a little art school, like in the movies. Like you walk the halls and somebody's playing the ukulele or wow. somebody else is like oh, singing. I totally so. get you now. Yeah. Yeah. It was the Miami art studio. It was definitely art school. Like what you'd picture like in a Disney TV show. Like that was my high school. And what's that, uh, what's that environment like? Like what's it like growing up in that type of school? Um, it was definitely very interesting. Um, so I'm the only like non-athletic one in my family. My sister's been USA Games for uh, Special Olympics gymnastics. Um, both my parents are pretty athletic. My mom was like a soccer champ in high school. <laughs> and I was like, I can barely run a mile. So it's it's definitely a cool experience to go to an art school because I was in the theater magnet there. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really cool experience because it was just you're around so many people that are just so creative and it's all about using that creativity and discovering characters through theater and so i really enjoyed going there i feel like it shaped me as a person oh no for sure it has to and especially like being around that environment of it's encouraged to be creative and it's encouraging each other you know you're all working together i feel like in a way because everyone's trying to be creative like if you were at another school where you're the only one playing the guitar or something they'll be like oh this guy's kind of a little weird exactly you know? yeah yeah so it's kind of cool to have that um you know everybody's got something cool and creative to bring to the table mm -hmm. so we try to like bring them together like we'll do we used to do like spring shows and we'd get people from every magnet putting one show together wow. so it was really cool you have the band kids playing music live and like then you the, have wow that's awesome so it was really really cool to like that's a really cool environment that you don't really get to see, I guess, in the like everyday life. Yeah, of course. And so how does that come together? Like, how do you get who coordinates this? Is it just the school in general or are the kids are creating their own groups and things like that? Or um, So you have the school puts on uh, productions. Each magnet teacher puts on their own productions. And then usually there's like the magnet director. He's he's the one who usually started out doing that, like the magnet director 
started putting that big show together and then kind of a lot of the theater teachers started putting together this spring musical that they would incorporate all the other magnets and then of course since everyone's super creative everyone starts creating their own groups like I know some people made their own bands and they would like get people and collaborate on things so Mm -hmm. I guess you have like a mixture of different things it's not just one person yeah that's awesome I know you created your own group not a theater group per se but it was a would you like to elaborate yeah, on that yeah, a little? Because sure. I don't know that much about it. You know, I've heard about it. Yeah. I think it's called Mass Respect. Yes, right? yes. That I love. I love talking about Mass Respect. It's a um, great name, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, like so a, our whole thing is because our school is Moss, it's Moss is More. So mm-hmm. um, I came up with the club name because I was like, we need a world of more respect. So it's Mass Respect. And so um, what's really cool about it. So basically, it's a club I started to promote awareness and inclusion of individuals with special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so my school is also very new. So I was the second graduating class. So we didn't really have too many clubs and definitely no clubs for inclusion of people with special needs. Mm-hmm. And we don't really have a huge special needs population at my high school. So the whole purpose of the club was to just make people more aware of the special needs community because I have a sister with Down syndrome. And so that's shown me a lot and taught me a lot of unique lessons that not everyone gets to benefit from and not everybody gets to hear just because they're not exposed. Exactly. That's so, why. Yeah. It's a blessing that you are, you know, exposed to that. And that's your sister and you love her and you've grown up with her. So it's normal to you. So I exactly. could imagine like because I like to empathize with people that come from different backgrounds just for as an example or like a different situation because you don't really know what they're going through or what they know to be true exactly so it's really good important for me to like expose myself to people like you and and your family and the way you guys are like that's never happened to me you know so it's it's really awesome sabrina's awesome (laughs) it means a lot that you know you have an open mind and it's honestly been such a cool experience because i realize a lot of people have such an open mind and our normal is just defined by what we're surrounded by and it's our experiences so if i'm able to create that experience for someone create the opportunity for that interaction that means a lot to me and that's honestly all you could ask for Um, that's all you could ask for it's just about awareness and then once people are more aware they come to find oh there's actually not that many difference than i thought or people are worried that they're gonna offend somebody they're like oh i don't want to offend them or i don't know how to like start this conversation Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um i think it's just that's where awareness comes in handy because it's just like oh okay this is not as different as i thought and just that exposure is just a really great gift and that's honestly goes for everything like education on any aspect yeah and so what is your what was your goal when you were first starting out this group or club or yeah yeah so uh i think i probably started it because so my sister's school has a fashion show every year and so for this fashion show they always like to get uh, volunteers and i'm i always like to get people together i'm like oh guys check this out so um at first, it started out my freshman year. They needed volunteers, so I kind of asked around in my school. And then I started realizing a lot of people were benefiting from this. And a lot of people were like, whoa, I've never been exposed to like this community before. And so my purpose when I started the club was, okay, I want to create a space for people to have a platform to talk about these Um, situations talk about disability through different lenses and just have people communicate and grow off each other because I realized I think one of the biggest things I learned from it is that whenever you lead something it's not just one person it's a lot of people working Mm -hmm. together and we all have to bring our own strengths to the table and so it's just a place for people to bounce off ideas bounce ideas off each other and that's that was basically the goal is to just kind of create that environment where people feel comfortable to share their voice and and make people feel heard yeah because not a lot of people 
are comfortable having these type of conversations with people because you just don't know. And like you said, you don't want to offend somebody. So it's kind of like a, a touchy subject in exactly. a way because you think that they're going to get offended and then they think that you're mean or something. Exactly. You know, like it's just a, so it's important. It's really important and really awesome that you're doing that and you're creating that space where people can have a discussion on something as important as this because obviously you're very passionate about it. And that passion comes from your sister. Yeah, right? definitely. Thank, yeah, for sure. That means a lot to hear. So thank yeah, you. Cause yeah, it's I awesome. know those conversations do get a little tough sometimes. Yeah. And even starting the club, it's a lot of paperwork. And I was like, do people really want to do this? You know, there's always those little doubts whenever you do anything. You're like, should I, should I not? But um, it's really nice to hear that, that it does make a difference. No, and of course. It's, it's also, it's, it's bigger than our generation. I feel like our generation is growing up to teach the next generation and that's why that's why i think advocacy is just so important because it's bigger than us it's it's way beyond what we do right now mm -hmm. and it's gonna affect the future because when we grow up we'll be the future employers we'll be the future leaders Our kids you know of course exactly it's so. just uh like even for example in my school when i grew up in elementary school my there was a girl in my in my classes that she was clearly a special needs girl Mm -hmm. and kids would make fun of her in my elementary school and me i didn't know anything about it because i was i had never grew up with anyone like that so yeah. i would defend her though still because i'm like dude and i would get into little fights with kids in my elementary school because they were picking on this girl i'm like dude why are you picking on this girl and she turned out to like kind of have like a little crush on me you know we were like <laughs> friends but yeah. she was always so nice to me that's so awesome yeah one day she did one bad thing to me i was like i was there in the office and i was waiting for my dad to pick me up and she was there and we we're hanging out i'm like oh look at my report card you know we just got our report cards mm -hmm. she's yeah. like oh she's looking at my report card and my dad walks in and she's like she notices it's my dad and then she goes jose got a d and i'm like emily <laughs> what are you saying she's like yeah and my dad's like what she's <laughs> like yeah jose got a d i'm like Oh, I wasn't she... even going to tell my dad I got my report card. You know, I was trying yeah. to hide it. And she exposed me. And I was like, oh, man, wow. she just didn't know. But, for example, that the people being mean to her through this exposure that you're giving, that wouldn't happen as much, you exactly. know, in, in regular schools. So. Yeah, people, exactly like you said, people were scared to start that conversation. And, and that's as funny as that story is. It kind of shows you, like, you know, people are people. And that's just how it is you know but you wouldn't have had that like now looking back i'm sure at the time you weren't super pumped about yeah, her telling course, about the d but now it's kind of funny I, no i i thought it was funny at the time i'm like man i can't believe you ratted me out i'm the one that's protecting you out here you know so exactly like, oh, so man. we wouldn't have had that conversation or that that situation wouldn't have happened if you weren't just kind to someone and just showing them hey like you're a human being and i'm going to treat you as that and treat you yeah. as with respect and i think that's the beauty of when people feel comfortable to start those conversations. So yeah. kudos to you for being that person to be like, yeah, hey, this, is, how I was, this is how you should treat people, you know? Yeah, the, the education about it. Education in anything is, is the key to Most it all. Most definitely. You know, being able to educate people coming from different backgrounds. You know, it's so important because unfortunately, I grew up in the R word. Mm-hmm. I would say it, yeah. you know, when I thought my friends were being dumb, I'll say, mm -hmm. hey, you're that. Exactly. And it, and it, and I meant no offense to it ever. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It was just a, a word that I grew up with. I was a kid, you know, it just, yeah. talk to me a little bit about that. What does that word mean to you? And, and how do you plead your case that people shouldn't use that word? Yeah. So, um, with the whole R word, I definitely grew up in the time of the R word, um, being, uh, definitely used a lot 
and most people actually don't mean anything bad by it but I remember being in fifth grade and I heard the r word and I was like what does that even mean because I'm very literal I like to know exactly what things mean so I I did some research looked it up so basically the r word which is retarded uh used to be used by doctors to describe people with disabilities because retarded uh mental retardation Mm -hmm. just meant slower to process or develop so somewhere down the line someone was like oh okay so it's a synonym for stupid basically so then where it's offensive is because you're just basically uh comparing someone with a disability to being stupid and you're using that synonymously with stupidity so if you say oh you're retarded Mm -hmm. it's like oh wow that kind of like saying oh you're a person with special needs now nobody means it like that but that's where it comes from you know and so doctors don't really use that term anymore mental retardation is kind of very old school but there's like a little bit of a sting when people use that word and um so when I was in fifth grade I uh I remember when I found that out I was like what like people just don't know so I found this video (laughs) (laughs) I found this video on YouTube about the R word and this was I don't know when social media started happening but I don't think I, I didn't have social media in fifth grade um so I remember I got a Word document and then I copied a, the link to the YouTube video mm-hmm. and I pasted it onto the Word document and then I printed out a bunch of those and I cut out like the little links and I passed them out to everyone in fifth grade and I was like, hey, you should check out this video about the <laughs> R word. And like years later, my PE coach, I even passed one out to like this super big buff guy, like always had sunglasses, had a toothpick in his mouth. Super scary. But (laughs) fifth grade me was like confident. So I was like, yeah, I was fearless. I was like, hey, coach, check this out. And I remember years later, he was like, actually, that made a really big impact because I was like, who is this little fifth grade scrawny little kid showing me this? You know, like that's teaching me a lot. And so I think it had a bigger impact than I realized. So that's just kind of my whole thing with the R word. That's where I started. And then as I got older, I kind of started taking bigger steps. Like I had a, a field day with people from my sister's school and my school in eighth grade. And then, of course, in high school, I started that club. So it's just always been a I think that fifth grade me was like planting the seed for mm. the future. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> it's crazy that it's like considered fearless you know like and you're making it like a normal you know i think that you're still fearless in a way that you're doing these groups and stuff and like it's uh it is like kind of courage because you're teaching people something that they don't know about and something that might be touchy and people might disagree with yeah so it's uh it's a good thing that you're doing that and uh is that club still going on in your school yeah yeah so the really cool thing is so when i was going to graduate i had it been three I started the club my sophomore year of high school because I was doing all the paperwork freshman year so then my sophomore year I opened it so I had three years of me kind of building this club we started with 22 members and then we hit 156 applicants and that was bigger my graduating class was 109 people so it was awesome oh so that was like the whole school was kind of getting involved. Yeah, it was great. There was such support for it, which was honestly so heartwarming. And so many people wanted to share their ideas. It's so hard to do. It was, it's awesome. And I think a lot of that comes with just, you know, it's a cause that people resonate with. I mean, I remember our, my last year we did, we had a meeting and I was like, how many of you know someone with a disability? And or more than half the room raised their hands and people would come up to me after the meetings and they'd be like hey my my uncle has down syndrome or or my my cousin has autism and and it means a lot that you're doing this because i just really want people to know about this message so it was really cool to just like i said before just starting the conversation because you never know who resonates with it and who will resonate with it in the future you know yeah and who wants to support it you know so exactly so it's been it's 
uh, I got a little sidetracked there, but it's been really cool because my, so my senior year, I decided we were going to hold elections in January. So whoever was elected could like shadow the current officers of the club. And we said the two people that receive the most votes will be co-presidents because it was a lot to handle mm. with 156 people. Mm-hmm. And so two, the two people, one person, uh, she was a sophomore. So it was cool. She was like, that one of the presidents she was a sophomore at the time so i was like wow that was like baby me that's when i started the club and then the other person who won co-president he has autism and it was just so overwhelmingly amazing to see the club voted for him they said we want you to lead us and that just working unified was exactly what the club was about so i was just so in awe by the time i graduated because they were leading it no yeah of course and what did he do what did uh like, cause it's a art school. So what was his mm-hmm. he form was of art? Also in, uh, he was in theater with me as well. Mm. So it was really cool. He was a year younger than me. So he was going to be a senior. So he had a sophomore and a senior. And so right now I believe he's at, um, a, a school for culinary arts. So mm. he's doing culinary arts. What a beast. Yeah. Yeah. He graduated and now he's doing that. So I follow his Instagram. He's been posting his, uh, his culinary adventures. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I know you, uh, played piano yes does that have anything to do with your theater or or what is theater like i'm like i'm like such a i don't know anything about arts and stuff like that so oh you came to the right place no not at all this is this is my my passion you talk to me sports if you talk to sports like uh, i don't know if i can do sports but arts i got you cool uh so um so yeah i started playing piano when i was about seven Mm -hmm. and so i've kind of been playing ever since and then since i graduated high school i stopped taking lessons just because i was going away to uf um and then, so piano I've been doing for a lot longer. And then I've always been very animated. And so my family was like, you should just do theater because you're kind of dramatic. <laughs> and I was like, you're kind of right. So I remember I, I took like an acting class at Actors Playhouse. And then I auditioned for one of their winter shows. I was like, I'm going to audition for A Christmas Carol. And that they have a mixture of professional actors with kids that get to do it. And I walked out of that audition and I was like, mom. I did not get anything in that show, but I'm proud of myself because I tried. And then the director calls my mom and he's like, hey, uh, we want your daughter to be part of the ensemble. So that's like um, basically not like a specific character, but you're still part of the show. And like you're one of the dancers and one of the singers as a group, like you're part of the group. Right. And that was the best experience because I fell in love with theater doing that. We did 15 runs of the show. Kids would come on field trips. At what age? How old were you? I was in sixth grade. Oh, okay. Wow. So you started early with theater. So yeah. So th- just through the, like that school, I started doing theater and I was like, I mean, with that program, I started mm-hmm. doing theater and then I was like, mm, in high school, maybe I should just pursue it a little bit more. And so I auditioned for Miami Art Studio. It's a six through 12, but I started their freshman year of high school. And so then I just kind of really got into it and became uh, vice president of our thespian troupe my sophomore, junior year. So I got really into theater and then I was able to bring them all together because my junior year, we did High School Musical. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with High School Musical. Sure. Yeah, a little. Okay. Do you know the character Kelsey? Um, she She's like one of the characters in the show, but she's the pianist. Mm. And so I was like, 
<laughs> that sounds like me. So cool thing is I got to be Kelsey and then I played piano. Oh, because you actually did a theater with piano. Yeah. So you were the perfect character. So it was perfect awesome. For the it was really uh. great. So then they cast me as Kelsey and I was like, cool. So I actually learned the music and I was like, oh, I put piano and acting together. So I was acting in the show as Kelsey. And then when she's supposed to be working with the actors, we like took the track away and then they were like, okay, you play it live. Like you're going to accompany them. Yeah. So and you was, could seriously play piano. So it's like a cool thing. You it know? was so cool. That was the most stressful thing I think I've ever done, but it was so awesome. Yeah. It's tough to do both things, like even singing and playing the piano like that's that is so, so difficult hard. in itself yeah that is definitely a challenge have yeah. you tried uh i have tried um by myself uh <laughs> <laughs> in my house when nobody's home yeah. I, I pretend i'm billy joel and i got a, a harmonica and i tried playing piano man with the harmonica oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's awesome but i don't have like the strap like the harmonica strap so mm -hmm. i was just like holding it in my mouth even harder yeah <laughs> um i'm definitely not billy joel <laughs> yeah no yeah i love billy joel Vienna, Piano Man. Yes. Those are, actually, that's all I know pretty much. But those, those are my those two are favorite. The, right those there. are the iconic ones. Those are the ones you need to know. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you haven't heard Vienna, just like give it a listen, man. You yes, know? Vienna. Educate yourself. Exactly. What other uh, musicians are you into? Um. So I love Elton John and the Beatles. Like mm. I'm classic like that. That's just my. I love classic rock and uh, easy rock and stuff like that. Oh, so. Yeah. Elton John is my favorite. I don't know if you've seen Rocket Man. Have you seen Rocket the Man? The movie? Yeah. No, no, no. Wow. I have to. I iconic movie. I have 10 to. out of 10 recommend. Really? It's just really cool because Elton John helped uh, direct it. So it's just kind of his ode to his life. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of cool like how he perceives it. And it's just, it's so big and so grand because Elton John is no, of course. a character. He's a, dude, he's like you've ever seen him perform? He's a character. So it's just cool. It just gets so big. And then it has these moments where it's just so raw and it's just... Taryn Egerton does a great job with... Yeah, I'm really into, like, films just in general. You know, I'm not yeah. a big uh, expert of what goes on beyond behind the scenes, you know, but I'm really into, like, deeper meaning when it comes to films and when it comes to music. Definitely. Like, I'm a person that really tries to interpret what they're the message that they're trying to say. Yeah. And one thing, I don't know if you feel the same way about music in general, but, like, when I hear a song, you know that one song can mean this to the person that wrote the song but then the millions of other interpretations to what you're going through in your life exactly it can mean anything to you mm -hmm. you know so it's pretty cool i love music and, and expressing yourself through it yeah you know? and you really kind of find yourself it's i feel like music can be kind of like a mirror and it kind of reflects what we look into you know we look into it and it yeah. kind of reflects on us and it'll reflect different things for different people of course depending on who's looking in that mirror so that's super true i really i really yeah. like that what kind of music are you into you know, I have so many phases. Sometimes I'm just a rap. Sometimes I'm rock. Sometimes I'm classic rock. You know, like it's just like. That's awesome. I've even listened to some opera. You wow, know, you go. Dude, I love weird. the. It's weird. Sometimes I feel weird. Sometimes I listen to Lady Gaga. You know. Yeah. Wow. You should talk to my sister about that. She loves Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like also every genre kind of has a different way of telling a story. You know, like I, maybe you go to different genres for different things. Like yeah. I feel like country, like is really good at telling a story like it's all about mm. the story you know what i mean maybe i'll get into country because i have not that's the one genre that i don't really mess with yeah yeah a lot of people have rough feelings toward country but i think it doesn't to the right country because there's also like different genres within country mm -hmm. there's like the waver lock the you know yeah, like that yeah, super yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they also have other like i love like there's islandy country like 
Kenny Chesney is my favorite because okay. maybe it's also have like sentimental like connection because my dad and I used to go out on the boat a lot when we were little when I was little and he would always play Kenny Chesney so I associate that mm, with him and it's just that, yeah. life country it's about um he has a song don't blink um 10 out of 10 recommend uh <laughs> he's got a lot of cool songs just about life and just kind of embracing life and it's really so cool. So it's also a little nostalgic for you to listen to that as well. Yeah, I think so. I feel that a lot, but for me, it's more like the Eagles because my dad, we were okay, going on the boat yeah, all the time yeah, too. Yeah, that's so super it's, cool. It's that style. I'm like, hey man, I know. How do I know all these songs? You know, it's exactly. Like weird. You're like conditioned from when you were little. Yeah. Are you really good at like memorizing songs and like um, remembering random songs? Like if it's a song on the radio, I never know the lyrics to it. Mm-hmm. But if it's like the In the Heights opening, like from like a random show like 10 years ago, I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I I can get every every like little word I'll remember. So it's very inconsistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for me, too. Yeah, it's uh, and and has that affected not affected, but influenced you in what you're studying now in UF, like theater and, and definitely so basically um i always think like everything happens for a reason right and so i think everything that led me into right now i want to study speech uh speech therapy and so i feel like theater has been a really good introduction into that world because so basically i always loved language arts like i love reading and stuff and so then theater is basically kind of like a language arts class because you're reading the script and then it's also a lot of psychology because you're like okay why is this character doing this why why are they saying this right and so these all of these qualities start to kind of lend themselves into speech and then we started talking about uh accents and i was like whoa the way that our mouth creates sounds is so cool and i'm i'm obsessed (laughs) with accents because you know my mom's side is colombian my dad's side is american they speak so differently and i was like why do we sound differently even Mm -hmm. if we learn the same language and so that was really cool i was like the way we just create sound and the way we communicate in different ways and so that eventually kind of led me towards speech and then i also do a lot of volunteer work with um special olympics and so with those campers i was having a lot of one-on-one time with certain campers with special needs and we had uh, there was one specific camper um that i had like a really kind of like a defining moment with this camper mm-hmm. and just all those things kind of came together and it was like wow like I, I feel called to do speech you know that's awesome so you really want to do speech therapy and you found basically what field you want to work in yeah I feel like it just kind of ties everything together it's just this whole thing of figuring out uh, how we communicate because speech is more than just like making sounds like speech therapy it's it's a lot more about you know how we communicate and finding different ways to reach that communication level you know um, I always think about this camper. Um, uh, when I was working at Special Olympics Camp Shriver, there was one camper that um, most of the other counselors were having a difficult time with. Uh, this was the camper that we went to the the Frost Museum, and he just like took off like in the middle of the museum. And you, if you saw, you would just see me running like with my backpack on, like trying to catch him. Oh like, my gosh! And you were responsible for him or, um, or her? Or? Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, I guess I probably shouldn't say his name, so I'll say okay, I'll say okay. Johnny. Okay, Johnny. We'll give him okay. name Johnny for his protection, right? Sure. Isn't this child protection, right? <laughs> um, so for Johnny, yeah. So I was uh, in charge of Johnny. Like I was supposed to be working one on one with him because he was supposed to be with the group, but they're like, Sam, you work one on one with Johnny. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay. And I was a little concerned because I was like, Johnny keeps running away from me. You know, he didn't want to listen to anything. And then I was like, okay, we pulled over, we got some water. And then he pulled out this notebook that he had. And in the notebook, every page had a different letter of the alphabet and had a bunch of words that start with that letter. 
and I was like, oh, like, he really loves to spell, and we didn't have any idea about this, like, none of the other counselors knew this, so then we started coming up with other words, I was like, okay, what do you see that we could spell, and we started doing it, and then it was like a switch, like, he immediately wanted to start listening a lot better, and Mm. he was, I remember I went to go help serve lunch, and then the other counselors were like, he keeps calling for Sammy, like, you better go get him, and we just immediately connected, and that was just so, um, fulfilling for me to get to see that to make that connection and then he was just so much more willing to want to do what we were doing because he felt like he could kind of communicate I guess a little bit more of what he wanted to do yeah and it made you feel happy yeah it's like fulfilling like what more could you ask for like when you search for career like to just then to do something fulfilling that yeah you know sure no for it to genuinely make you feel fulfilled and and happy to help someone do something and then now you get to translate that into something that makes money you know exactly yeah so it's like I the best also of both need worlds. some money there too so yeah, you gotta pay your bills <laughs> exactly so to be able to find something that's like okay this is and it's the the classes i've taken so far that are related to it like i took phonetic theory and transcription like i love it so it's definitely a really cool experience phonetic theory and transcription wow. yeah i love that class i probably because i love accents and stuff so mm-hmm. it's just all about the sounds we make and basically transcription is writing out things as we hear them so it was a little hard because it's not based on the spelling because we spell words and they don't sound anything like they're the english language is very weird yeah so it's definitely cool and we learned about like how different languages don't have certain sounds and that's where accents come from like Mm. spanish has certain sounds that english doesn't and vice versa yeah so that's that's pretty interesting yeah studying the the reason why there's accents yeah and so what do you think about like accents that are within the united states because there's like boston new york you know like all these different type of accents what does that what does that tell you it just i think it's so awesome because an accent like having an accent is kind of an ode to where you come from and it's Mm -hmm. like it's almost like a little layer that's shaped your experiences so when i i love accents and i remember i had a theater teacher uh he told me well, he told our whole class because we were doing accents and he was like, never make fun of anybody with an accent because that means that they're speaking a language that is not their native one or they're in a place that's not their native place. Exactly. And yeah. that's kudos to them for being out there. And I was like, that's so true. That like, is true. Having an accent is, it shows that you come from multi different backgrounds, you yeah. know? And you're not afraid to to go somewhere else and learn something new and be around different people yeah like my nana she's always like oh i have an accent or whatever and i'm like go like wear that with pride you know what i mean like that's super cool and unfortunately some people um that are not aware of other cultures they tend to think of it as a weakness which is like i think that's ridiculous of course but i think our society is changing though and people are saying hey like the beautiful thing especially about miami is that it's just a melting pot of culture and so like i love that's like one of my favorite things about miami is you just have all these accents and you have so much flavor you know no yeah we're blessed to grow up here i mean like you just drive a little bit north and it's not oh yeah and you you were in orlando right (laughs) so yeah and if you drive like two hours north into gainesville it's definitely not the same like yeah i went there and i was like whoa like i had a friend tell me she's like you're like my my hispanic friend and i was like what (laughs) i was like i'm the gringa of my family like what that is hilarious (laughs) yeah what's that adjustment like to to living here where if you go somewhere pretty much you have to speak spanish like at the grocery store exactly yeah everyone is speaking my barbers only speak spanish yeah the grocery store only speaks spanish exactly i love it you know you learn two languages you're you're different but so 
how does that translate now into into Gainesville? What's that environment like? It's just so it's so different. So luckily, I was able to find the Hispanic Student Association, and mm-hmm. so there I feel kind of more at home. There's a lot of other Miamians and uh, people that relate to me. But mm-hmm. when I first got there in the summer, I was like, "Whoa!" Like everybody like is really really tall and has really blonde hair and really blue eyes and (laughs) nobody knows what a croqueta is and nobody knows what cuban bread is i was like what the heck so (laughs) i was a little overwhelmed i'm not gonna lie i was like wait so we are because i was like oh in miami being latino like you don't feel like a like a minority as much because everybody everybody speaks spanish but that was the first time that i was like wow like no america looks very different outside of miami yeah so and that's like the basically the rest of america kind of you know? yeah i know and it was just so wild for me to see that like i was just i was definitely in shock i was like whoa so and then i had a little like cultural crisis because i was like my dad's american my mom's colombian then what am i like <laughs> i'm too colombian to be american and i'm i'm too american to be colombian mm-hmm. you know what i mean because on the family True, like oh, yeah, sami la gringa, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know too too like american so but that's where i really found myself i think being placed in that culture like really helped me find myself and be like hey like I think we're so caught up in putting ourselves into a box because it's easier to just like label, oh, I am this and these are my people. Um, but then I think I kind of realized like, just like accents, like culture, it's like layers and they're just layers and it doesn't really have to be like this or that, you know, or just, it's kind of more like a Venn diagram, I guess. I don't know. Mm, to try to you. come up with like a visual, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's more just like layers that we put on top of ourselves and we don't have to be 100% this or that. And so that was a really cool thing I think I learned because at first I was freaking out because I was like, mm-hmm. it really is so drastically different. Yeah, it's not easy. People uh, like people often don't change and they remain comfortable where they are and they stay in your own group and that's exactly. it. So for that to change, it's uncomfortable. It even, is. Even yeah. me going to Orlando, it's like, okay, it's a lot different. It's yeah. A lot of Puerto Ricans, so it's kind of the same, you know, but there's mm-hmm. still like when you go out, it's pretty much everyone's white exactly and what you said like uncomfortable that's like a key word you know because you don't grow when you're comfortable though so you grow when you're uncomfortable i know i believe in that so much like i do things on purpose to make me uncomfortable because then i'm like at the end of it i'm like hey you know that's pretty cool yeah you grow from it i hated it in the in the beginning you know yeah leaving leaving home for college uh definitely was really definitely a big challenge i was very uncomfortable i was like you know, especially like, you know, being Colombian, like the family's very tight knit, you know, and mm-hmm. everybody's together every holiday or birthday. It's like a bunch of people over oh, at the yeah. house. So not being there <laughs> for some of those, it's like a little overwhelming. But, you know, you grow, grow through it. And then I think it makes me like you appreciate it a little more. Yeah. Now you're because you pretty much went by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Only one person from my high school went and um, he went for theater and we weren't like super close or anything. So just kind of knew each other in a way. Yeah. You know. So I kind of, you know, I didn't really know my roommate. We had like a conversation once through like a, a roommate syncing app. Oh, yeah. Got their number somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was definitely I really kind of started from scratch. Like I didn't really have any friends there. And now I look back and I'm like, whoa, look at all these people I've met, people that I consider so close and people that I've grown with so much. I didn't even know who they were and I wouldn't have known who they were if I didn't, you know, take that step and get uncomfortable. Yeah. And try something new and just say, you know what, let's go. Exactly. I'm going to move over here and let's see what happens. Exactly. And I feel like I don't know you that well, but I feel like you're kind of a person that is down to try new things or join a new group or just see what you like, see what you don't. 
yeah has there been any uh like bad experience that you were like hmm, i'm in i'm in this i tried this out and i didn't like it so now i'm heading back to my direction definitely yeah i mean i definitely i remember in high school especially like i always kind of i was always like a floater um and i noticed i noticed it in high school and i think i've always kind of been like that a floater in the sense where i don't really like it's hard for me to just stick with one tiny like group and then never grow or branch out like i really love just talking to a lot of people yeah, be so friends with everyone yeah branching out and so of course sometimes when you do that not every place is going to be a hit you know so i've tried some groups that i was like mm, this is not for me or you know i went i did this uh social justice retreat which is really awesome but of course there were certain things that maybe i didn't resonate with i was like oh this population i'm hanging out with um there's a lot of like hatred in people's hearts and i was like you know you are who you hang out with kind of thing of course yeah so but i feel like i grew grew a lot from the experience but definitely i kind of had to reevaluate okay what are my values um what are my intentions with who i want to become and you know that's definitely happened where you know i've had some experiences where i was like mm, this is not for me you know but yeah i guess you never know unless you try and, and no of course either way you still learn something you took away from it what you learned, you know, so you, you realize that if any group has hate, you know, it's something's wrong. Yeah, you know, something's not right. Yeah, it's just I'm really passionate about making change. But I think when it comes from a place of hate, I don't think that's that's the way to go. It's never productive. It's not, you know, it just ends up in violence and like, more divide. Like what happened yesterday. That was, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I was so uh, it's disheartening. So what's today? January 7th? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So to, this podcast is going to come out in a few weeks. So just to set the scene, today is January okay. 7th. And yesterday they were certifying the votes, I think. Yeah, yeah something and, like that. you know, everyone knows. But what do you think about that whole situation? Did you pay attention to it at um, all? Or? Honestly, I don't know all the details of everything. But I was honestly not shocked which is unfortunate that i wasn't shocked about it but i it's always like saddening and disheartening to see that you know i this whole thing of just the intolerance is just ridiculous and just the hate on on every side but also just the way things were handled compared to like peaceful protests um you know months ago it's it's kind of scary to see you know and our it's it's kind of disheartening because we're in 2021 and you'd think we'd have a little bit more tolerance but there's just so much hate in people's hearts and it's it's a little scary exactly like any extreme is not good exactly we were made for balance yeah and i mean that's what that's what hopefully i mean when you talk to people a lot of times you kind of come to an agreement on things even if you have different views and that's what this world is about and that's what this country is about you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. it's like one side balances the other side and then you all work together come together on agreements and you make it through but to force your way in to a yeah. building that has all the senators, the vice president. Exactly. You know what I mean? This is not some regular Walmart that you're breaking into. No, it's really not. You know, you're not looting a Walmart here. You're not. You're, <laughs> this is, this is you know, it's a threat to democracy. Like, it really is because it's like this is a place where people are coming together. You know, senators, everybody's coming together to try to create some level of agreement you know, for the betterment, betterment of our country. And yeah, they were going to certify it. They were going to certify yeah, it. Yeah, that's... They were going to vote and they were going to see if they objected and, and, you know, and... Exactly. And they broke into the building. Yeah, that was... It's so... <laughs> this this dystopian society we're living in is a little terrifying. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, and then... Uh, Just I'll, the I'll disrespect and... That's so unpatriotic. That's the other thing, too, is like... If, that's so disrespectful. Yeah, it's... 
Ugh, it was very disgusting. The side that that's defending police, defending the statues. Oh, don't you burn down those statues? Mm-hmm. Now you're breaking into the Capitol. Exactly. Isn't that a little? That's a little interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah, I was like, um, I don't. <laughs> I don't agree with that. You know. Yeah, me neither. It was definitely. I was just the sad thing is, is that I'm not even shocked. You know. You know what? Like, we we were talking about it, and I'm like. Man, they should have had more security, blah, 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 you know, more security. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, why do you even have to say that as an excuse, you know? Isn't it sad that you have to say, why didn't they have more security when they're just doing the process? Exactly. Like, why do you need to secure that building? Exactly. Why should you need to secure that building? It's, it's a little like, terrifying. It's terrifying that, you know, and just the disgrace. And it was just so, so disgustingly done and poorly done. And it was just, oh, and also the response, um, you know, from from trump was a little you know we love you great job stolen from us but yeah i gotta admit it's it's hypocritical it's like just go home you know we love you we hear you i was like whoa is that really helping this situation you can't defend that you know you really can't you You know it's just i i don't support you know destroying anything so on any you know i just don't support the destruction and the hate and just to see that like that just so you know this is democracy though you know it's over a lost vote you know i mean this is a democracy it's not and it's just i'm really praying that for 2021 you know we can have a little more what a, a start more, huh? yeah right <laughs> it's like um 2020 showing the way it's like all right this is the ridiculousness yep. the ridiculousness this is what you got to check out <laughs> this is a crazy world man with with just media and all the different perspectives on things and these people get fired up about a certain topic and yeah. the other side gets fired up about a certain topic and it's just we're so polarized that's how it is yeah that's a great word yeah (laughs) yeah very polarized right now um i don't know have you seen um netflix came out with um the social dilemma oh yeah is that what it's called yep yeah right instagram and all that yeah track you and yeah yeah and i thought it was it was interesting how the is it ai i think that's what it's called um they kind of check to see what you look at more and then they'll feed you. Oh, yeah. Like the algorithm of, of what exactly. you look at and what you spend time on. And all it's making us do, though, is become more polarized because the people that are pro this or pro that, um, they're only receiving articles for their opinion. And then we're just so much more divided because that's all we're reading. And that for someone, it's like, oh, are you not seeing what I'm seeing? And it's like, you're right. They're actually not seeing no. the same articles you're seeing. No. So it's kind of scary to see that. Yeah, like, and that just happens in life. Like, think about any situation, like just the the courts, right? One side is defending this side that you're mm-hmm. saying what you're saying. The other side is saying this. Yeah. So it's just life in general. But when you have so much confirmation bias exactly. to what you like, oh, you like this? Oh, you saw something that supports what you like? Now you like it more. Exactly. And now you like it more. And you're just constantly being fed that. And, and the other side is dumb. Yeah, <laughs> and nobody wants to talk. Like, no, when do people have conversations? It's just more. Everybody's just pointing fingers, and nobody wants to just say, "Hey, like, we should talk about this in a respectful way." You know? Of course. It's very rare to find now. I feel. Yeah, and that's because that's not what's popular now. It's not. It's not popular. It's not cool to be taking opinions from both sides. It's either I hate this or I hate this. Yeah, and it's like if Come you on. don't feel this strongly, then you know you're just you you actually don't, don't agree and it's like no I, sometimes you just want to learn sometimes we can just have a conversation and it doesn't have to be you know just listen to understand not to respond you know that's and, so key because every time i feel that someone's bringing up a point or there's like a little argument or discussion you're blocking out half of what they're saying exactly. just to work on your response that you're gonna rebuttal with 
exactly so that doesn't help anyone you know yeah we need to be a lot more active listeners for sure and hopefully 2021 brings us that and the only way it will is if people start to do that you know it's, oh, it's up to us to start being the ones to have conversations so even like your podcast like it's really awesome that you're doing this because you yeah, know we would have never sat down and have a, had a conversation you know exactly so it's really awesome that you're doing this and i think you know starting these conversations are just so important so other people also feel like hey you know it is okay to have this conversation and just listen to understand you know yeah it's not just one side's right and the other one's wrong and yeah continue on your path of that you need to come together you need to you know just communicate with each other exactly there's a lot of gray area and you know we we forget about the grays and yeah honestly i feel like most people are kind of in that area but the social media is kind of one-sided you know like exactly your social media if you support one thing now all these assumptions are coming on to that exactly so that's just like all that is tied together and that's horrible and that just gets so heavy it's just it's definitely it becomes like this weight because you're just you know and then there's more divide because it's like oh if you support this person whatever you know like it's just yeah everything becomes tied to everything and and you're like scared to think independently yeah and then it's like people expect you to defend everything else that a cause or a movement or a person does and exactly. it's like, hey, man, I just like this one thing that the guy did. Yeah. Now you tack on all these other things to my persona, which I'd never come out and supported a exactly. day in my life. And now I'm supposed to defend it all. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's sometimes things don't have to be all or nothing. You know, we're in this world of all or nothing. You want it now. You get it now. Um, and if it's this, it's all of this. You know, America is a country of, you know, excess, excess. And, you know, that carries on into like our our beliefs sometimes you know sometimes people carry that onto their beliefs it's oh if you love this you love this like excess you carry tack on all these other things like you were saying and yeah that's not always the case you know there's a lot of gray area that you know it doesn't have to be all one way or all the other way so definitely agree I totally agree that's yeah. awesome yeah didn't i mean because you shouldn't have to you know just shut down a whole nother side of the world because you think that you're right you know exactly. it's, it's too heavy for me you know? yeah, yeah. It, it really is you know i think you know as people we're all put on this planet to teach each other and so if you're not listening you're, you're missing out on yeah. something you know i'm not saying everybody's right whenever they have something to share with you but there's always something you can learn and if you block yourself out to those uncomfortable conversations you know you're not going to grow and you're not going to learn something that could be a really valuable opportunity yeah being open-minded is just the best thing yeah and you sharing all these things that you've done with your group and your club and everything like it's just an, a small example of a huge picture you know yeah Thank and you. i've done that I've, I've i'm guilty of that myself of being closed-minded on things and i think a certain way about something and it's very hard to change it you know i'm a little stubborn yeah. sometimes oh i understand but, completely but i think people that are able to admit that and say that out loud and speak mm-hmm. it into existence like you just you're a step ahead exactly you're you're kind of that's power to you you know for being able yeah. to just you know call it what it is and you know acknowledging that you're trying and even if it's hard like that is a step ahead because a lot of people don't even want to acknowledge that so yeah. that there's a lot of strength in doing that so. Yeah, the people that think they know it all are the real dummies. Yeah, I had a, you know? <laughs> I had a professor who told me, uh, he said, uh, seek those who seek truth and be wary of those who claim to have already found it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like kind of reframes a lot of things for me because I was like, whoa, that's so true. Like to be fully confident in everything all the time, you know, seek truth. Like 
sometimes you just need to seek it. It doesn't mean we'll always find it, you know? Yeah, of course. Especially us. We're so young. We're just yet to yeah, exactly. do anything, really, you know? Exactly. And just kind of letting things be. Sometimes, you know, just kind of saying, maybe I don't have to label this. Maybe it doesn't have to be good or bad. Maybe I can just kind of experience this and, and see where it takes me, you know? Yeah, of course. And you've already accomplished a lot being so young. <laughs> I know you've... Uh, you won the Silver Knight Award. Yes, sir. Tell me a little bit about that. I, I, I hear it's famous, but I've never really heard about it. So it's uh... it's like a South Florida thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, the Silver Knight, um, it's an award awarded by like the Miami Herald, um, and so it's basically a service award. And so ever since I started the whole, when I did that fifth grade thing, people would kind of whisper to me, oh, you should apply for Silver Knight. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but okay. (laughs) Um, So basically it's this like really prestigious award for people um, for service. So people come up with these incredible service projects. And so then your senior year of high school, you create this, uh, basically you put it all together in one big application and then then you also get an interview date, and then after your interview, they award one person uh, per category uh, for Miami-Dade. So I think there's, what, like maybe 15 categories? So one per- like out of all the schools in Miami-Dade, they pick one person for each category, mm-hmm. and then one from Broward County. So you have two winners in each category, so 30 winners, I guess, out of Miami-Dade and Broward. Um, so my project was in the vocational technical category, it's a little stressful because that's like the miscellaneous category. You no, know, I don't know what that means. What, is, what does that mean? It's like the miscellaneous. Vocational. Yeah, vocational technical. I feel like it's the miscellaneous category. It's, you know, cooking, um, human services, social services, like all of those things hmm. kind of combined. So I was very nervous with that. And then they also have, you know, math, science, um, all those other dance, um, art and music. So they have all these categories. Mm-hmm. And so mine was vocational technical. And honestly, I'm very humble to receive this award because I'm pretty sure I remember one person that won an award. He brought water to like 3000 villagers in like India. And I was like, wow. he went my also. That's since, crazy. Yeah. So, so that's the type of people that are. Applying these are the people that are to... doing this. People that have, you know, created actually a good friend of mine. She she started um, this group called a sweet chance. And basically they do. It's like almost like one huge prom uh, for people in the foster care system. And they get dresses for them. They do have makeup artists come. And it's a super incredible event. And like it's this, they have like news channels come. So I'm really proud of her. Like she's done this herself and she's grown it. Um, so yeah, you have people like this that are doing Just these. amazing people. Yeah. So I was like, sure, I'll apply. But I don't know. That's um, a little scary. So it was really awesome because vocational technical is it's like the second to last or it's like the last category so they they describe who wins like they describe their project and then they announce them so i'm sitting here listening to the this kid with the three thousand villagers in india and i was like yeah all right well this is cool maybe next year (laughs) even being a nominee is like and like uh an accomplishment so Mm -hmm. i was like whatever and then they said my name they start they start talking about my sister and i was like Oh, like that's me, you know. So it was a really humbling. And experience. you were there. You were watching it live, or yeah. Or? So thankfully, since I graduated in 2019, this was before um, yeah. the pandemic and stuff. So we got to have this huge ceremony, and you have hundreds of kids sitting in this like almost like arena like place, and they have all these lights up. So it was really cool. You're sitting here with all of these other students that have done really incredible yeah. things. So I'm definitely very humbled, and so winning that was really awesome because. 
a big thing for me. I was like, if I win, it's really cool because more people get to hear about Must Respect and they get to hear about the story and we can carry it on, you know? Yeah, so. of course. They're going to be interested. Like, hey, what would she beat me? Let's exactly. see what she's all about. Well, <laughs> yeah, and people were like, oh, like this is because they post about what you did. And it was really cool because I even remember speaking to the judges and they said they look a lot for um, something that's lasting too. So it's not just, oh, one cool thing you did, but kind of how is this going to impact future generations? So mm-hmm. I think that was the cool thing with Must Respect is I came to realize it was not just, I was like, oh, it's a high school club, but eh, it's not just a high school club. It's this place where kids can come and take on leadership positions and everybody can have a platform to speak, you know? And we remember we've had people, we teamed up with like the American Sign Language Club and like they came in and they did a whole uh, training on the basics of American Sign Language. So it was really cool because you just had all these people coming together. And I guess that was the cool thing with Lost Respect. And just the whole process of applying, it's like a 17-page packet. But it made me realize, wow, we've done so much. And it was a really humbling experience. Yeah. And are you trying to, or I mean, I'm sure you're still involved in some way, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Are, are you st- is the goal to like get in t- into other schools and get other programs involved with it and grow in that direction? Or um, what's the future goal? So for Master Respect, my biggest goal, I guess, with it is kind of just making it have that really strong roots, those strong roots. And then that could kind of be, uh, I guess, like a, a plan for like other schools to also have similar groups. Um, I get you. You know, so because there are other groups like Best Buddies, which are really awesome. But I decided to do Master Respect because it didn't limit us to doing certain things within paperwork guidelines. Um, so definitely i know for me like a personal goal for me is i want the club to keep growing but i've been taking a lot of classes learning about nonprofits because i would really want to create some sort of nonprofit at some point um probably doing something like that like some sort of educational advocacy group you know yeah i get you and maybe even carrying it on into like the career world because i know speech therapy can get expensive so it'd be really cool to kind of find ways to make therapy affordable for yeah. people because yeah it's a tough that's tough, but that's a beautiful dream. I love it. I, nonprofit, the whole nonprofit world is just so interesting to me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I was going to ask you about that. What are your like aspirations for the future, for the near future, at least when you graduate? And let's just say, what's your biggest dream that you don't really talk about that much or you just have in the back of your head that's like a, a program that you want to create or a company that you want to create that helps certain type of people? Or um, Well, so everybody knows I really want to do speech therapy, but... Um, like I said, I was really even taking like a little more classes on um, nonprofit management because I was like, I really like it's kind of that little thing in the back of my head is kind of like I really want to do um, create a nonprofit. And I was like, I don't even know what it looks like yet, but I was like, it could be either, you know, creating a program for within schools to teach more about um, the special needs community or also, you know, making therapy affordable for a lot of families because I realized, you know, speech therapy can be expensive and I really want to make it affordable. To me, it's all about the human connection, you know, like making that connection with someone that needs it. And it sucks for money to be like the one thing that, that That hinders someone. And, you know, especially for like kids, like that's the most important time for them to get speech therapy because, you know, your brain is still developing, you know, it's, it's about to start, you know, cutting off those ties of things that it's not using. So, uh, what's that called synaptic pruning or something (laughs) uh so you know it's really important to work with them when they're young so i really 
that's something I guess maybe I'm putting it out there now so I can yeah, I can do it in the speak future. it into existence. Speaking no, that's a existence. great yeah because I can't imagine the stress of a family that's struggling to even pay their own bills and they have a kid that they love so much and they exactly. want to put them in speech therapy just to have them speak. Exactly, and you know, you know just it, and you can't afford it. Exactly, that's that's definitely a big problem a lot of families face. You know, and it only gets harder as they get older. You yeah. know, so. Yeah. To be able to have that opportunity, I think it's just such a powerful thing. And um, I really would love to do that because it's just, it's just so like, again, like I said, it's just so fulfilling. Like, why not? And and what's a nonprofit? Like, what's the difference between a nonprofit and a business? Or like, how does that work? Okay, so basically, nonprofit um, is not like, a, it's not really like a, created by the government. Um, I just started taking these classes, so you know, whatever you tell me, I'll, I'm going to believe it. So. Okay. I know nonprofits, they're called like 501c3. Like if it has okay. that, it's like to be exempt from like certain taxes or something okay. like that. Um, so basically the main goal of a nonprofit is to serve a need and it's not really to like, re- it's not necessarily to like make, it's not, not to make profit. Right. But the interesting thing about them is the more research they've done with them is nonprofits actually do need to be treated like a business because you want it to grow. And there's actually a lot more structure in nonprofits than most people would expect. Yeah. So I just started taking these classes, but it's really cool to just see the evolution because before nonprofits were like, Oh, a charity place that's a mess. And then you have volunteers come in. Right. But now nonprofits are, there's such great nonprofits that exist right now and they're very complex and they're just, their main goal, though, is to serve a need as opposed to, you know, make a profit. And I guess that's what makes them super cool is because you're focusing on what, you know, serving that need. Yeah, it's something deep about nonprofits in a way, like especially the like the ones where it's just for a purpose. Like since you want to start it, it's just for a purpose and to help people. And then yeah. you're going to find other people that want to do that same thing and they're volunteering. exactly you know no one's getting paid no one's forced to be there and i think with a lot of nonprofits, you know once you grow it to a certain point you do have employee employees that are working at this nonprofit, and you know it becomes kind of like a little business like if you you know when it's becomes big enough and i think that's the beauty of them is that you know it's created i guess maybe what i what makes me drawn to them is just their mission you know like i've always been big on being intentional and you know i i'm not huge money is not like my first thing that I am drawn to Mm because I think um, it's rewarding when you do something like you really love and you know the money will find a way like as long as you're doing something that you really love I think it's worth more than you know working you know five days a week waiting for the weekend you know we're at a really cool generation where we can have a lot more opportunities to choose what we want to do with our lives so why not choose something that you're passionate about and you love and of course, work is work, but if you really love it, it's going to be way different from doing something that you're like, uh, I guess I can just get money out of this no, of from course, the beginning. That's, and that's where the best ideas come from, if you really think about it. It's yeah. someone that has a passion for the business. And with that passion and drive, everything is going to follow. Exactly. If you get into it for the money, you're just not going to be successful. Like exactly. It usually never works out. You're, you're sad. You know, you're not happy with what you're doing. Yeah. So it's all about, you know, being motivated by, okay, this is my greater purpose, you know? Of course. And I think that definitely makes a big impact. And you're going to grow so much more because you're going to be motivated. Like, exactly. wow, That's I want to That's how you can this. put in that extra work. Exactly. You can work on it all day and you'll still be happy. 
exactly you know? that's i think with mass respect that's what got i had many sleepless nights a lot of shed a lot of tears in high school because i was a little overwhelmed with all the stuff i was doing you know but mass respect never felt like a chore or anything you know looking back i was like wow i put a lot of hours but in the moment i was like so i felt so rewarded just yeah. by you know when i when we'd have our events and i'd see the faces of kids in my, from my sister's school and those in my school it you know it kind of pays for itself in of its own way yeah that's something you love to do and you love the result of it and you love that it made you happy and fulfilled exactly so, so that's how you got paid yeah <laughs> in the future of course you also need to pay bills but yeah, of course. If you can find something in the middle that kind of brings you both you know my mom told me she was like pick a life you want to live you know she was like if you because i remember i considered acting um but i'm not as passionate about it as um i am with speech but it was kind of more like okay what do you want to do like if you are so passionate about acting are you cool with also getting some other jobs you know to help uh you know pay bills when you know if there's like a dry season and you know it's what kind of life you want to live because for some people they're completely cool with doing that because they're doing something that they love so it's just a matter of what is it what what kind of future do you love to see yourself in you know yeah like weighing out what 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 weighs the most to you you know yeah it's always going to take that extra work you know to be able to do something because anything you do it's a risk because you're not going to get paid at first, even starting a business that you're yeah. trying to make money. You're not going to get paid at first. So you need some way to fund it. Yeah. So. Well, that's so important what you said. I love that. Like anything you do is a risk, but that's so true. Like it is. if everything you do is a risk, why not risk something you love at least? Because yeah. you're at least pursuing something that you're enjoying. Especially in the position that we're in. You know, I know your family is a great family. You know, you yeah. have all the resources you can ask for. You know, we, we grew up great. So we have no exactly. excuse to not put in that work and go after something we want you exactly know? you know we're the product of a lot of hard work you know a lot of hard work brought us to where we are so if you know our families gave us these opportunities you know why not take them and you know do what we can with them you know yeah. no for sure i wish i would have learned that at a younger age you're still super young what do you well, say yeah but in <laughs> high school i was like uh, sports working out hanging out with friends I didn't really try in school, you know? Yeah. Well, you grow and, you know, I think like everything happens for a reason and you ended up where you needed to be, you yep. know? Yeah. The mindset that I have now and then talking to people like you, people that inspire me, you know, even talking oh. to someone <laughs> like you or, or creating this podcast to talk to people that have a, have a goal, have a something to talk about, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just awesome. Surrounding yourself with people that have ambition and drive and, and are passionate about things. It doesn't matter what you're passionate about. I don't even doesn't matter yeah exactly as long as you know be passionate about something and pursue it you know i think we're we have passions for a reason and we're built differently everybody's built because if everybody had the same passion like this world would be so bland you know It'd be horrible exactly so that's why we need to build on our passions because you know you never know who you're going to impact when you do that you yeah know? that's why the freedom in this country is so great that's why we're so diverse exactly it's, it's awesome it is. It's really great, you know. And we were the best. It's so funny. Yeah, we <laughs> we have like all these, you know. We grow up always wanting to be normal, and then you grow up and you're like, wait, actually, this is kind of boring. Like, I yeah. want to, like, you know, we will want to be like everyone else, but yeah. everyone else is trying to be like everyone else. So, it's, yeah, that's that's a much deeper topic, you know. Like, even teaching kids at a certain age, hey, don't do this, don't do that. If you do that, you're weird. Exactly. If you do this, you're yeah. this. You know, it's like 
that all builds on you and then you become just a normal robot person exactly that's a fear of mine you know? yeah you're not a robot don't worry yeah you got yeah. a lot of personality dude that is such a fear of mine like <laughs> No offense if you work a nine to five and you're sad about it, but like just working, <laughs> just working nine to five and then going home in traffic, it's like, oh man, that's. I know I'm gonna have to do it for a little while. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, you know, you grow to where you need to be. Yeah. But don't worry, I, I don't think you will be. You know, know. That's a fear. Yeah. Well, you've got you've got your intentions. You know, you've got your your head where it needs to be. So. Yeah. I actually yesterday I just got accepted into law school so that's amazing congratulations I'm going to a law school it's the first one or it's the second one i've heard back from the first one i got waitlisted okay okay but now i'm in this one so all right that's awesome that's, bottom line i'm going somewhere that you is know so what I mean? great congratulations <laughs> yeah thank you oh my goodness that's really awesome and see so you have that you know it's yeah it's a long road but you end up where you need to be you know as long as you put in you're putting in the work obviously you're you're doing things this is really awesome you know yeah. you don't have to do this but yeah, you're going yeah, yeah. out of your way because it's something you're passionate it's about. it's a risk in itself you know I'm, I'm devoting a lot of time to it so it's exactly it's risky. and but you never know the people that are going to resonate with the messages that you're sharing yeah. you know conversations we've had today that a lot of people are scared to have um that's really cool that you're doing that so you yeah. know even for you like you're 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 giving this message and you're breaking into another group of people that you don't know at all yeah that's so that true. must be a little scary you know all these people that you don't know they don't know you they're all that's gonna be true. hearing your conversation with me so yeah that's that's pretty awesome pretty cool uh, yeah this has been actually a really cool experience i've always wanted to be on a podcast so you're yeah. making my my podcast dream yeah. come true for <laughs> sure we'll do another one someday you know for sure i'd always be down this is so like official so professional thank you thank you yeah so thank you for being here you yeah know? Well, thank you so much for having me this has been such an amazing experience yeah awesome i'm glad to hear it thank you everyone if you stayed this long um be real <laughs>